hey, hey, listen up, listen up. It's Celeste. Can you guys do me a huge favor? Remember to share the show, leave me a rating, and, of course, enjoy the episode. Bye. Welcome to Celeste's Interest, where we will spike your interest. Hi, guys. I'm wrapping up season three, and in honor of International Women's Day, I'm going to have a three-part segment of Women of Interest. I hope you enjoy. So hi, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. And today I have a very special guest with me. Her name is Laura. And if you're wondering where I met Laura, I met her at an event for the Chamber of Commerce. And I really loved her story, and I thought that this would be a perfect guest for the podcast. So So here she is today. So, Lada, would you like to introduce yourself? Hi, Celeste. How are you? Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, thank you for coming and setting aside a little bit of your time. So, before we get started into these little questions I have for you, I found a quote that I think that resonates with you, and I want to share it with you. So, the quote is, I didn't get there by wishing for, for it, hoping for it, but by working for it. And the reason why I think this resonates is because I know that you have a very interesting story that might that might go along with it. And I want you to share more about that. So let's jump into it. Yeah, awesome. So um, my story is I'm an immigrant. I'm from Argentina. I grew up there and uh, I came to the United States around the age of 10. I'm the oldest of three. And so I was old enough to see how my parents had to work so hard to start a new life here in this country, right? Um, I would clean houses with my mom since I was about 13 years old. Um, I helped raise my brothers and sisters. I would cook for them and bake them and make sure that they did their homework. And I really had a chance to see just how hard my parents were working and just understand the value of a dollar, right? Because I was working right alongside them. Um, and I grew up um, in Orange County, California in the 1990s. And it was a time where, you know, there was a lot of racism. Um, and, you know, in school, I was bullied for looking different, for having an accent, for definitely dressing like, you know, it looked like I didn't have any money compared to all the other kids at school. And so, you know, it was tough. And the thing that really was the hardest for me was not knowing whether I would have a chance to go to college because at the time I was undocumented, right? And this is before there was any mention of DACA or any legislation for youth. So all I knew was that I was going to work as hard as I could and give it my all because I knew that I had something to contribute. I had big, big, big dreams of being someone in the world. I didn't know how I was going to get there, but I knew that I had like what we call in Spanish, like voluntad y ganas. Like I had like that, you know, fervor inside to go forward and keep going on with my dream. And so I knew that pursuing my education was super important. Um, being in all of these different types of um, uh, honors associations, after school programs and anything that I could get my hands on, volunteering with the elderly and things like that. And so that took me on to community college, which is where I met you. I met you at my alma mater, Santa Ana, um, Santa Ana College. And that was just such an emotional experience when I met you uh, to speak on that panel about my career because I had a chance to reflect back to a time in my life when I was a teenager and I just didn't know what was going to happen, you know? And so 
um, you know, I'm a believer, I'm a woman of faith. God is good. He's been good to my family and we were able to adjust our status. And so when I became a citizen, it just changed my entire life and the trajectory, right? Not just the way I saw myself and my hopes and dreams. I knew I could potentially make them come true, but just like the world opened up for me. And so I went on to graduate from UC Irvine. Um, in a degree in sociology and political science. I had a chance to intern at the Capitol um, and just understand a little bit about how Congress works and government works. And that passion just kept growing, wanting to give back to the community and definitely working for elected officials in a capacity where I had the chance to give back to families that were going through what my family and I had gone through, you know, a decade before. And so just love that experience working for elected officials, uh, whether it was here in Los Angeles working for Congress or in Washington, D.C., where I had a chance to work for President Obama during his first term as a political appointee, um, implementing diversity initiatives uh, across federal government. And so that was my dream, dream job. And then to bring it back to present day, uh, when I moved back home to Los Angeles, I got into corporate philanthropy and I entered that field, which is working uh, within financial institutions, banks. They have budgets and what they do is that they give money to nonprofit organizations that serve low-income communities, whether it's through financial empowerment, homeownership that's affordable, or helping small businesses. And so it's just been such a delight to work in that field. It's a passion of mine because it's the cross-section between nonprofit and government. Um, and that's where I am today. <laughs> well, yeah, thank you. So let's, of course, let's bring it back to present day. And I want to ask you, what inspired you to to go into the field that you're in today? Yeah, absolutely. That's a great question. And definitely, I would say it was my personal life experience. When we moved here, you know, we living in Argentina, we had a beautiful home, we had family, we had a great life. But then, you know, just like in many Latin American countries, the economy started going south and we needed to just pursue a better life, right? My parents came here and all of a sudden we came and we were living in a one bedroom apartment, you know, we're all sleeping on the floor. And for us, we were kids, so it felt like an adventure and we were super excited to be in the Estados Unidos just because, mm -hmm. you know, every kid dreams of coming here. Um, but, you know, we're sleeping on the floor. We would used to go to church uh, and get food from church and get used clothing. And again, you know, um, just my parents not speaking English, um, having to be undocumented, clean houses with my mom. So that experience of not having what I needed to have. I mean, I had everything that I needed, a roof over my head, I had food, a loving family, but a lot of things just were hard, harder than they needed to be. And so when I graduated from college and I had what it took, I found myself in front of um, having power in front of me. I wanted to use it to give it back to families that reminded me of my parents, of my siblings and, you know, communities that are underserved and that need a lot of support. And I just wanted to be able to be part of that support and give back. Yeah, definitely. And I think what you said was really powerful and you dropped so much knowledge there. And I know that you said that when you were like leaving Argentina, right? You said Argentina, just one. And it reminded me of this other interview I had that she lived in, I think, Italy. And she just felt like she was leaving everything behind that she knew that she grew up with. And I think that that might have like been a connection. Would you say that you felt like that? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I used to dream about my family um, and 
one day hoping to see them. And then it was 15 years before I got to see them. I had family members who passed away, family members who were born. So, you know, that immigrant experience, it's, it's difficult. It, people talk about it all the time, but it's very emotional because, especially for Latinos or family, it's everything. And so not being able to hug each other, kiss each other, spend Sundays having dinner together, it's tough. But I would say that that's only made me even closer to my parents, to my siblings, to the little bit of family that I have with me here in the United States. Um, because it's just a few of us, but that's why we're so tight because we're all we have, you know? Do you ever like go back and visit Argentina where you were from? Well, you know, after I became a citizen, like I said, my whole world opened up, not just professionally and academically, but also, yeah, in terms of being able to travel the world. And um, what I've done is that every two years, I make the commitment to go and visit my family. Um, it's a long, long flight. It takes about 24 hours to get there, many flights and layovers, and it's not cheap. But that's a commitment that I make to my family over there to go and spend time with them. And typically when I go, it's like two to three weeks. So I've had to I've been very lucky to work at places where, you know, I can take that time and I can just really disconnect and just be present and then say, I'll see you guys in a few years. Um, because it's not like saying, hey, I'll see you next weekend. So, yeah, um, yeah it's amazing. Yeah. And like I, I personally, I have family in Ecuador, but all my family's over there. I only have a very few. I just have my, my grandma and then a few of my cousins and then their parents. I don't get this. I've never been to Ecuador and I really want to go just so I can experience and see where my whole family from my dad's side is from there. So I think that's kind of in common. How exciting for you when you get that chance to go yeah. and meet everyone. And I hear it's beautiful. It is. That's what my dad's been. That's like they see the Galapagos. <laughs> they see like all these beautiful animals there. So I'm really excited to go one day. But what has been the most challenging in your career so far? But I would say something that's been challenging in my career has been um, I never really knew what I wanted to do, right? I wanted to be a teacher for most of my life um, because that's what I knew. That's what I had been exposed to. I'm still the three. I would make my brother and my sister sit down and, you know, I would teach them in front of my chalkboard. And my little sister was four years old and I was like, here, we're going to learn fractions. I mean, she probably wanted to throw her pencil at my head. Yeah. <laughs> but um, that was my passion. I just wanted to teach and I just wanted to just be part of someone else's journey and their development. Uh, but, I, you know, when I became a, a citizen and I was in college, I got to go to Washington, D.C., um, and I entered in Congress and that experience being on the Hill um, and, you know, helping make the nation's laws that really have a deep impact in people's lives, that changed my entire life. It opened up an entire world. And so when you are open to new things, you know, you kind of get lost a little bit because it's just like so much more information, so many different paths that you can take right it's not a straight line from a to b and so i wouldn't say it's been a, it's been a fun challenge um but i figured i wanted to work in government and then I, I i had a passion for nonprofit, um and then i wanted to work in corporate philanthropy right so it's been it's not been a straight line it's been more of like a zigzag but that's exciting part of it I think having had a mentor would have really helped to guide me. I've had many informal people in my life act as mentors, but I think something that would have made it less challenging would have been having a constant uh, source of mentorship to tell me, hey, it's okay that you don't know what to do, or it's okay that 
right now you're doing nonprofit, but your heart is really in going back to government because actually there's a, a deep connection there. There's a lot of synergy. There's a tie and all of it really comes together at the end of the day. So um, I think that for me, my career um, path has been an adventure and I still, you know, I have so many more adventures to go uh, and I'm still figuring it out. So when people say, what do you want to do when you grow up? I'm like, I'm 42 years old. I am still looking to see what I will do when I grow up. Um, but I have to say that I am enjoying the journey and every job that I've had, whether it's been in nonprofit, whether it's been in local or federal government, or even now and being in this corporate philanthropic world, um, the, the common thread is that I've always given back to the community. And so that's what's deep in my heart. So as long as I'm serving the community, the job is the job, but I'm living my passion. Yeah, I know. I think that's really good. Like always wanting to give back where you're from or your community. I think it always brings a joy to your heart. I know you said that you went to the White House and I've always wanted to go to the White House. So I want to know, I want to have a little bit of perspective of what it's like there. Did you ever get to meet Barack Obama? Like just let us know a little bit. Yeah, of course. So I was actually um, at USC doing my master's in public administration, and that's a two-year program for professionals who want to uh, work in government, um, municipal management, nonprofit. And so the summer between my first and second year of graduate school, um, I applied just like everybody else, and I couldn't believe it. It was like when you get into college and you're screaming, I was in class, and I got this you know, number, 202, and I knew that that was D.C., because I had already lived there before and I wanted to scream in class. So I stepped out and that's when they told me, they said, hey, we have a couple of openings and we'd love to have you come over in the Office of Cabinet Affairs. And that's the office where all of the different departments, um, they report to that office and then that office reports up to um, the president's chief of staff and eventually the president. And so it was incredible because there were only two interns, which means that we got to really get our hands on so much being the room and policy was being made. Um, meetings with Vice President Biden, who is now the president. Um, we had a chance to meet President Obama in the Oval Office. Um, First Lady Michelle Obama, she would often speak to our, the class of 150 interns. And, you know, we were, there were undergraduate students, there were graduate students, and all from all walks of life. One of the most diverse classes of interns, I would say, um, at the, in the history of the White House. It was just incredible to be there. I mean, the energy, that was President Obama's first term. He had just gotten elected. You know, he was bringing a lot of youth to work for him. And people were just electrified, wanting to do better for the country and really represent everyday Americans. And so for me, being able to walk the halls of, you know, the White House every day and just sometimes I would have these aha moments, which I still have today. And I'm like, I'm a little immigrant girl from Argentina who came here and clean houses with my mom and didn't speak English. And because of everything that I've worked so hard for, but also, like I mentioned when he met me, everyone who's had a hand in supporting me along the way, in whichever way they could, I, I was able to make it to that level and represent people like me. And I remember I had a chance one time, um, it was a summer luau at the White House, and it was a lot of Congress members and their families um, and I had a chance to just go and say hi to uh, uh, First Lady Michelle Obama. And I was like, I have to make sure that I make, make this worth it. And so I said to her, you know, I really appreciate all of the work that, you know, you and your husband are doing for immigrant families. I just ask that you please do more, especially when it comes to higher education for 
undocumented youth. And so you can't, you get like a minute, 30 seconds. You don't get a lot of time because there's usually a long line. There's a lot of people. Access is hard to come by, but I, you know, I shot my shot and she just, she listened and she acknowledged it. And so, you know, I, I, I hope that that night before going to bed, she thought about what I said and then went to uh, Barack. I met this girl from, uh, you know, Orange County, and she really said that we should support a immigrant student. <laughs> so you never know, but it, for me, it was just a magical experience. Yeah, and honestly, when you said like how you felt like, okay, I have my shot, it kind of relates when I was meeting you. I was like, oh my God, this amazing person was like speaking. I loved your story, and I was like, okay, I have a shot. I have to ask her for my podcast. And look, here we are today. So I was really happy that you acknowledged me, and yeah. So speaking. Oh, I mean, you're amazing. Thank you. So I know that you went to the White House. That's a really fun fact about you. But I want to know a one fun fact that you like our listeners to know, or just some something like a little cool about yourself, like someone that you've been, someone that you've traveled. Oh yeah. Oh my gosh. I am really fun. <laughs> I'm loud. I laugh a lot. Sometimes my parents are like, "Ah, it's up down." But hey, this is the way they made me. Um. I love to travel. One of the f- coolest places I've been to is was Japan. It was incredible. The cultural experience was just out of this world. And even different areas. I went to three different cities: Osaka, Kyoto, and Tokyo. And even the three those three cities were incredibly different from each other. Um, but one of the places that I've gone in the world that like has my heart, and it's in Argentina. Um, I'm from Cordoba, which is in the middle of the country. It's colonial. We have rivers. We have a lot of mountains. It's landlocked, right? It's a very chill place to be compared to like the city, which is more like New York. Um, but the, one of the last times I went, I took a solo trip to Patagonia. That's the south of Argentina. And it was one of the most incredible experiences of my life. I met people from all over the world. I got to hike on glaciers. I got to see Perito Moreno, which is one, you know, one of the... Um, most beautiful natural things in the world to see um and i got to go horseback riding i got to eat asado which is argentina's traditional barbecue just an incredible incredible experience and so that i just have a passion for just being in the world especially being from a different country and i'm sure you can relate um or your family being from somewhere else like you just want to talk to people from other places and see what makes them tick and have that connection human to human and i can't wait to continue doing that and so i'm taking my mom this year god willing we're going to london and istanbul and um she's actually been there and she's going to show me around so i can't wait to see i've never been to the middle east so i'm super excited well i hope that you enjoy yourself there because that sounds so fun and well i know that in the beginning you said that whatever like it makes you happy to work with community and to work with something that reaches your like your passion your heart so i'm gonna ask you some little question what is your why what makes you happy what makes you want to get out of bed and win the day yeah absolutely i think that like you said community that's one of the big things that you know it's just in my heart because it just takes me back to where I came from and it makes me feel like when I see a family and teaching financial education or, you know, I'm out there in the community doing something on a, sitting on a board and fundraising, right. For the YMCA or whatever I may be doing, 
I really see myself and I see my family and then like it takes me back to when we came. And so for me, it's almost like coming full circle. But at the, you know, the, the forefront, what I have in front of me every single day is my family. Um, and you notice I'm like, you know, you get a little emotional, but every day that I wake up, I just thank God. And I say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I have my parents. They're alive. They're with me. I love them. And sometimes, you know, we fight a little bit. My mom and I are like sisters. We, it's fun. <laughs> um, but, you know, you have the, you know how it is, you yeah. know, but I don't know what I would do without my family and my brother, my sister, my everything, their babies. I don't have kids of my own. And so they're, my nieces and nephews are my loves, even though sometimes they give me a little bit of a headache when they're screaming and kicking my head and having fun. But um, that's it. It's my family. And uh, everything I do is to really honor all of the sacrifice that my parents, I mean, at the end of the day, my parents came to this country because of me, because of my younger brother and then my younger sister, the three of us, right? So everything that I do, and whenever I work hard, I am always keeping them, you know, first and foremost, the front of everything, because I have to honor their sacrifice and everything that I do. So it's worth it, you know? So for me, I'm always like, you know, my faith is at the top, my family, my community. Um, I know what you said, like, that your mom, like, and you always fight, like, me and my mom are basically almost the same way, but I love her so much, and that she's always there for me, and she always supports me, so. Well, Laura, this has been such an amazing interview with you. I felt like we connected so much, and it's been so, I've been so blessed and happy to be here with you. So, I want to, I want to know, where can I, if we want to follow you, where can anybody follow you? Um, I would say I'm on LinkedIn. Yes. And they could people could find me under my name Laura Peralta in English, Laura Peralta. Mm-hmm. And connect with me, you know. I do a lot of mentorship, especially for the youth, um, for college students. And so if you just wanna reach out, you need advice, I'm happy to, you know, be a source of support in any way that I can. And I wanna say thank you so much, Celeste. Since the moment I met you, I was so inspired. I was actually very nervous for this interview and I kept telling my friends. I mean, there's this young lady who's going to be interviewing me, and uh, I mean, I just hope that I make her proud. So thank you for having me today. It's been incredible. Thank you, and thank you for ha- taking your time to sit here with me. And like I said, acknowledge me, and honestly, you're so special, and I was so happy that I got to learn your story a little bit more. Thank well, you. It's been amazing. And a little bit, if you want to share a little bit of advice that you have, just that you've learned along the way. Yeah, I would say the one thing I always think about is um, I'm 42 years old now, right? And I think when I was young, when I was your age, when I was in my teen years, when I was in my 20s and 30s, and I used to worry about, I mean, I still worry about everything. I'm just, I want everything to turn out great. I'm a hard worker. I, you know, I'm always thinking about how can I be my best and make everything great and perfect. But I would tell myself and I would tell anyone who's listening, like, give yourself some grace everything will work out the way it's supposed to you just keep moving forward put in the hard work follow your heart but don't worry so much because at the end of the day that only hurts your health just have fun with it and know that the chips are going to fall where they're going to fall you know you could only control so much and i actually have to remind myself of that every day so just to have fun and trust the process and not everything in life is linear including finding love right? Your career, your educational path, it's all a big zigzag. And just instead of waiting for something big to happen, just enjoy, like, enjoy this moment right now. <laughs> yeah. 
And well, I just want to say a big, big thank you to you, Laura, and I enjoyed this interview so much. And honestly, a little secret, it might be one of my favorites so far because it, we feel like I just opened up so much, and it's been an amazing interview. So thank you. Thank you so much. You have my heart. Thank you for listening to Celeste's Interest, where we hope we spike your interest.